Well, God's grace and God's peace to you. Let me tell you about a young uh, boy named Owen. Owen was 11 years old, and he loved to build things. His favorite thing to build was model, model boats. Okay, now where's my clicker? <laughs> Don't you wonder? How, Somebody help this guy. Um, he loved to make model boats, um, and he spent weeks making one that looks like, like this. Um, I mean, he carved the hull out of wood, he, did, he tied the riggings, he sewed the sails, he painted it from stem to stern. It was the most beautiful boat he had ever made with his own hands. And it was his. And every day, Owen would take his uh, sailboat down to the stream that was near their house, and he would carefully put it in the water and slowly let out the string, and then he would, he would walk along the shore and he'd, and he'd watch his boat, his boat sail. And on one day after a, a significant rain, the current was stronger than usual, and as he ran to keep up with the boat as it was going down, the string broke, and the current swept the boat downstream. He ran after it as long as he could, but he lost sight of it. He spent as much time the rest of that day until he had to go home going up and down that shore um, looking for his boat. As you can imagine, Owen is brokenhearted as he makes his way home. Every day for the next several days, he'd go back to the stream, walk up and down the shoreline looking for his boat. Uh, one day he's on his way home from school and Owen spots what he thought was his boat in a store window. And when he got up close, he could see that was his boat. I mean, he raced inside the store. He went up to the store manager. He said, sir, that's my boat in your window. It's mine. I made it with my own hands. And the store manager said, well, I'm sorry, son, but someone, I bought that boat from someone just a few days ago, and if you want it, you're going to have to pay for it. Well, he wasn't, didn't stop him. He ran home as fast as he could to see if he had enough money to buy it, and he had just enough it was going to cost him everything he had. And so Owen put his, the money in his pocket. He ran back to the store. He rushed up to the store manager and says, here's the money, sir, for my boat. Store manager went up to the front window. He picked the boat up and he handed it to Owen. Owen took it outside. He held it up high. And he said, now you're twice mine. I made you and I bought you back. What Owen did for his boat is what God has done for you and me. As our creator, God made us. The psalm writer says that God knit us together in our mother's womb. Each one of us made in God's image. But we get swept downstream by the current of everything that pulls us away from God. Things that are good, things that are bad, lots of things that pull us away from God. But God's like Owen. God comes looking for us and he keeps on looking until he finds us. He'll pay whatever is required for him to buy us back, even his own life, so that you and I can be twice his. God made us, and God bought us back. In fact, that's what the word redeem means. It literally means to buy back, which is why we call Jesus our redeemer. He's the price God paid to buy us back so that we would be twice his. All of that's what's wrapped up in this scripture from Isaiah chapter 43. But now this is what the Lord says. Notice who's saying it, okay? This is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, 
for I have redeemed you, bought you back. I've summoned you by name. You are mine. So I'd like you to look at that verse again, this time where it says Jacob and where it says Israel. I want you to put your name in there. Okay, and in a minute when I read it, I'm gonna do the O part, and then I want you to respond with your name. Got it? Don't be embarrassed, don't feel weird, because everybody else is doing it. Everybody good? All right. But now this is what the Lord says, he who created you, oh, he who formed you, oh, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I've summoned you by name. God knows your name, right? You are mine, he says. That's who we are. When our four kids were home, most every night we would do on bedtime prayers. And after we said our prayers and we said goodnight, as we're leaving them, we, we, would, we would say this to them. We would say, remember who you are. As they got older and they left for school in the morning, when they left, we'd always say, remember who you are. When they got to be teenagers and they were headed out, to the, out the door with the car keys in hand, we always said, remember who you are. When they went to college and started work, we'd periodically call them, and near the end of almost every conversation, we'd remind them, remember whose you are, right? When Sheila and I had our 39th wedding anniversary, which is like nine years ago now, uh, but our kids surprised us with a renewal of vows, and they each did a little talk for that, and so our son Michael did the last talk, and at the end of his talk, he assured us by saying, Mom and Dad, we remember whose we are. Young men and women who just took communion for the first time, could you put your hand up in the air one more time? Right? Okay? Every time you receive the bread and wine, every time you receive the body and blood of Jesus, God is saying, remember whose you are. Right? Every time you repent and recognize and renew, God's saying, remember whose you are. Right? And that's not just for the young men and women in this room, it's for all of us. Every time you and I receive the Lord's Supper, every time we open his word, every time we remember our baptism, every time we pray, every time we gather together, every time we think about him, God's saying, remember, remember whose you are. Amen?